Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. Hello, sweet love. Welcome to another episode of Full Body Fuck Yes. It's a leadership and personal development podcast, but you know, like make it spicy a little bit. And if I haven't had the chance of meeting you before, at least here in your earbuds, I'm Abby. I'm an Emmy award-winning former TV journalist turned two-time TEDx speaker, and I am a leadership and messaging coach for badass entrepreneurs, probably a lot like you, people that give a shit about the world and who get shit done, right? Type A overachievers, born to lead. Is that something that you're like, "Mm, yeah, well then welcome. You are in the right place. Also, I have a totally free community that I'd love you to come hang out with me. I text different personal journal prompts right to your phone once a week, totally free. All you have to do is text the word story to 541-275-9250. The number is also in the show notes below and it's linked on my Instagram. I'd love you to come join me for some deeper personal work on your own story because it's time to take up more room on the page of your life, right? So today's episode is all about rejection versus redirection. Because let's be real, if you've made it this far in life and you're looking for a fuck yes life, there is a 100% chance that you have been rejected. You have been rejected by your family. You've been rejected by romantic partners. You've been rejected in your career. You've been rejected by friends. And many times what is most painful, you have rejected parts of yourself, right? Yeah, let that shit sink in. So today I wanted to talk about how we can begin to look at this redirection instead of our lives. And if you know anything about me, this is not exactly going to be a hallmark, make you feel warm and fuzzy episode. That's not really my style. Again, make it spicy. But I really do hope my wish for you by the end of this episode is that you begin to realize that everything is always in flow that the only constant is that there is nothing constant. And that's beautiful because just like a river, your life is constantly ebbing and flowing and redirecting. And it's only when we dam up or stop feeling those opportunities for growth that the pain comes and that we take it as rejection. I'm not saying though that shit doesn't hurt, by the way, because I've had a fuck ton of rejection in my life. I was thinking about it the other day. I saw this picture of myself when I was 26 and I was like, fuck, (laughs) my life looks nothing. I mean, nothing like I thought I wanted. I'm 36 year old, 36. (laughs) I'm 36 years old right now. And 26 year old me would have been shocked. I honestly think that she would have been deeply disappointed because 26 year old me said that by this age, I was going to be a network news anchor living in New York city. Right. I actually wanted to be in network by 30. That was a very big goal of mine. I thought for sure, obviously I'll be married with two kids 
I am not married. I do not have children. And I most likely won't have children. I know. Plot twist. I even named those kids. So for any of you that are grappling in your late 30s and realizing that maybe you don't actually want children, but you still get to mourn the idea of them. My names were Tallier and Declan, by the way. Uh, I am not on the fast track to anchoring the Today Show. Nope. And I am not yet, I would like to say, a New York Times bestselling author. Those were all things, I know, I kind of, I kind of had some big goals. Uh, those were all things my 26-year-old self thought for sure I would be by this point. And I'm sitting with that as I'm wanting to make this episode for you today. And I'm like, sometimes we are living a life just to not let down an old version of ourselves. Yeah, with the knowledge and the life experience that I had at 26, I thought that all of that shit I just said sounded really great, but here's the deal. I'm not her anymore. I am not her and I don't owe her anything. I'm allowed to evolve. In fact, I fucking hope I evolve. And you notice that the list that I mentioned, right? Network news anchor, all the kid things, today show, author, The things that I wanted at 26 never included how I wanted to feel, which I give a lot of space and compassion for that version of me that didn't know that that was up to me. It wasn't a goal at 26 for me to be happy. It was a goal to be successful. And I learned very early on in that career that they were not synonymous. And that was a hefty price I paid with my mental and physical health. Yeah, I'm none of those things today. And I have never been happier. In fact, this might be the first time I'm truly happy in my entire adult life. I am living a full body, fuck yes, life. Is it messy? Yes. Perfect. Fuck no. Is it mine though? Fuck yes. It's mine. On my own terms. I never could have guessed. And I just want you to pause for a second, depending on where you're, you know, doing your dishes, putting the laundry away. I don't know. These are the things I do when I listen to a podcast. Um, And just think about who you were 10 years ago. And the amount of life experience and knowledge and advice that had been given to you. And how many of those goals do you still even correspond, correlate, whatever I'm trying to say, you know, like connect to? Because there's a pretty good chance that we're just dragging around this like fucking zombie version of ourselves Try not to let that person down, even though it's nothing that we want. But every day we're allowing ourselves to feel like we're letting somebody, even an imaginary version of ourselves down. It's a shitty way to feel. It's so funny to me that only after I left TV, after I stopped being seen on these shows, that I could finally see myself for the first time. That. Life was never rejecting me, but re 
directing me consistently. And it came when I finally stopped fighting and fearing redirection. I came upon this journal entry and I wanted to share it with you because there was a time when I thought that I was really broken. And if you want to go check out that episode, I highly suggest it. It is the episode called You Are Not Broken. But all of us have been through so much heavy shit in our lives at this point. All of us. Sometimes it's hard not to think that there are just parts of you that are unlovable, parts of you that are broken. And that that's why you're single. That's why you're divorced. That's why you have a hard time keeping friendships, whatever the story is that you want to keep picking up every day. And I wrote, could it be possible that you're alone right now, not because you're broken or unlovable, but because there is something profound and divine that you must discover and it's only knowable through solitude. Maybe even here, maybe even what feels like the 100th shitty bumble date. (laughs) Maybe you're facing down the barrel of a divorce or leaving a career, which is everything you've ever known. And frankly, a lot of your identity and self-worth are wrapped around it. No judgment, no shame, just the truth. But maybe just like I couldn't see myself if I was on TV being seen by everyone else, by quite literally being rated by my likes and views and shares and clicks and watch through rates. I couldn't see myself. I couldn't create not only this human that you're hearing from, but also just the life and the career that I created afterwards. If I didn't step away and I couldn't find myself, this new version of me in relationship to anyone other than me. I really had to be alone in so many painful, deep, and necessary ways. So where are you today feeling like you've been rejected on like a cellular level that you can think about where you might be, in fact, just redirected, always in your highest good? There was a moment that I was, I want to say I was like 27, 28 somewhere around there. I was in my late twenties and I'm going for this job interview and I'm one of the top finalists. I'm excited about the opportunity to potentially move to New York finally. Right. And I'm on track with my goal, right. Network by 30. And I am chatting with a very famous journalist producer. We're sitting there and I will never forget. She says to me, you know, it doesn't get any easier, right? It doesn't get any easier. I kept thinking that if I just was successful enough, eventually I would find happiness along the way. If I got enough gold stars, if I got enough awards, enough Emmys, enough followers, enough accolades to collect, It would get easier, right? I wouldn't have to wake up at 2 a.m., which I did for a fucking decade. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to do that all the time, right? Like the money makes it easier and the 
fame makes it easier, right? No? Yeah, I know. You're like, oh, sweet 27-year-old Abby. (laughs) And it, it hit me in that moment that I had been white knuckling my way to success, thinking that the grass was greener, that somehow it was going to get easier, that this ladder, the next, it was just the next rung, right? It wasn't this one, but it'll be the next one. And then when I realized after that producer said, it's not going to get any easier, I created my own production company. And I thought, okay, well, I know how to create great shows. And I can see that this women's movement is really beginning to pick up. This was a few years before what we would call the women's movement really took off. And I created and self-funded quite a few different female-based TV shows. And I spent the next five years sitting in one, (laughs) one room after another full of old white men staring at me, calling me sweetie and honey and shutting me down over and over and over again. And I felt like I was slamming my head against a door and I wanted to get out so fucking badly, but that door was fucking locked. And I just, I slammed on it. I banged, I threw things. I tried to Pick the lock. I mean, I tried everything possible. And I was at a networking conference that was being held in Las Vegas. I flew myself out there for my like last ditch effort to try to sell this show. And that night, some of the biggest TV producers are all there and they they say, why don't you meet us at this club? I know, you know where I'm going with this meet me at this club and, and, you know, this is how it's done. You got to be one of the boys. And I was like, cause I don't golf and I don't want to pretend to golf. And they were like, yeah, 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 this is, this is real business gets done, you know, over cigars and some scotch. So I go, I meet them and my agent asked me to sit on his lap. I mean, I, the audacity of white men sometimes still blows me away. I paid this man (laughs) and he still wanted me to sit on his lap while he negotiated this with me in front of all these other men. Now, I really hope that you can't exactly relate to that story, but what I can hope is that you can relate to that burning fire of rage of what rejection feels like knowing you are so fucking talented knowing that you are so lovable knowing that you are so worthy and yet it feels like life consistently has slammed a door and I want to remind you that there's an open window there always is an open window Yeah, you said you wanted to go through the front door. Who the fuck cares? You also said you just want to get out of the room. And the last time I checked, you can get out through that big giant window. So stop trying to slam yourself against the door. What did that look like for me? I quit. I finally quit TV. 
I finally created space enough to see myself. And I never would have guessed that I could create an entire business where I teach entrepreneurs all about storytelling. The very thing I thought would go to waste, right? The thing I loved the most, honestly, the most about being a journalist was getting to tell stories. And now I get to teach other people how to share their story in the most effective way possible so that they can make a massive impact and also build a thriving business. Are you fucking kidding me? That's way better. (gasps) That's way better. I will take that redirection. Right? But I don't want to gloss over for a second that step between slamming the door and jumping out the window. Okay? But there is a moment today. I don't know what that is for you, but there is some moment, personal, professional, whatever, where you feel that a door is being slammed. And I get that frustration deeply. And I am very stubborn. (laughs) So I hope that this story serves as a blueprint, perhaps, for you to do this a little bit faster than it took me. But I finally sort of slid down crying the proverbial door that I was slamming myself against. And I said, I I, I can't do this anymore. And I finally asked for help. Energetically, like to the universe, I quite literally said, I need to leave. And I don't know what else I can do. I went to college for this. Um, Part of this internalized and normalizing trauma that the TV industry created for me was that they told me that I had nothing else to offer in the world, that all I was, was this, that if I tried to leave, I would be fucked. I know it's literally an abusive relationship. And so there I was crying, sliding down the proverbial door. And so I asked for help also to another woman. And that is the power that we have to help each other with our stories, with our impact and with our income. Because as I was leaving TV, I found myself like almost $70,000 in debt, crying on the kitchen floor in my Target underwear because I had self-funded these shows. I had not gone out and tried to get anybody else to pay this for me. I'd self-funded it, but because I was leaving literally like one inch from the goal line, I was out all this money and I had no career. I had nothing y'all. And I knew I was called to something bigger, right? But like how and what? And a woman loaned me $10,000. She loaned me $10,000 so that I could just figure this out. So I had a little runway of how I was going to start this business or just breathe, to be honest. And it was because of her $10,000 and because of 10,000 other women saying me too, then a hundred thousand and then a millions, right? That I'm here today. I paid that woman back, by the way, just one year later. And to date, I've given out more than $100,000 in scholarships. Here's something I learned. When you 
are called to do something, but you don't because of a money story, you're literally telling the universe, I trust money over you. I'll say that again. When you are called to do something, but don't because of a money story, you're literally telling the universe, I trust money over you. What would you do if you knew it couldn't fail? What would you do? Because you're not being rejected. You're not being rejected. You're being redirected. I'm going to end this episode with a poem by Brianna Weist, who I've just been just loving on recently. So great. All right. So this poem. One day you will have to reinvent yourself outside of the shadow of what everyone else has asked you to be. You will have to ask yourself who you are if you had no obligation to anyone else. You will have to explore who you would become if you knew you were completely free. If you knew you would not be judged, if you knew that all the things you ever desired were simply on the other side of you stepping into who you already are. Taking the essence of your soul and turning it into form. Here's what I can promise you. Whatever feels like massive, painful, messy, awful rejections. You are standing on them. You're standing on a pile of no's that are now giving you a brand new perspective. Be grateful for them. You wouldn't have seen past the top of the mountain if you didn't have them. You wouldn't have known there were other opportunities. You wouldn't have known that there are other talents and skills you have. You wouldn't know how to use the exact same ones you've cultivated in a new way. Be grateful. Thank them. Cry. Eat some ice cream. (laughs) Ask for help. Ask for help. And allow the redirection. It's always in our favor. I love you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.